Well, today I um, get the special honor of uh, kicking off a, a new series, so to speak, that we're doing in church called All In. I'm not sure if, oh, look at that. You got it beat me to it. Screen guys are too good. Um, we're going to be talking about All In and, and what that means to be All In. And recently, um, Sienna and I, oh, you guys can go. Thank you for it. Can we put our hands together for the band? <laughs> I'm pretty chuffed that I remembered. It's a, it's a rare event. But now they're awesome. You guys are amazing. Um, but yeah, Sienna and I recently, Sienna's my wife. Uh, she's amazing, but couldn't be here this morning. But um, we recently did something that's not so good for our health, but is amazing for our taste buds. And we went and bought a deep fryer. Does anyone else here have a deep fryer? They're the Lord's work. They're not, they're not good. The doctor in me is like, oh, I shouldn't be talking about this. But, um, but um, yeah, we've been using this deep fryer. And honestly, it's a, it's a real blessing to us. Um, I've been making fried chicken wings. Sienna has a whole bunch of food allergies, um, which praying that she's going to be healed. But because of that, there's a lot of food she couldn't eat. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to buy a deep fryer. I'm going to learn how to make gluten, soy, dairy-free fried chicken. And so I've been on this quest making fried chicken. But one thing about chicken when you fry it is that when it goes down into the oil and comes up, it's different, right? Obviously, can't go back to being uncooked chicken once it's cooked. And this morning, um, not this morning, this week, I was thinking about what it means to be baptized into Jesus. And I got that picture of me popping the little deep fryer down into the oil and coming back up. And it's literally the same. Once we're baptized into Jesus, we go down into that water and we come back up, we are never the same again. It's like the chicken. You can't go back to being raw chicken anymore. Once you're fried and you're crispy, that's it. You're completely one with Jesus. That oil's in you, that heat changes you, everything changes. And it's the exact same as being baptized into him. There's a verse in Matthew 18, 20, and it's our verse, I believe, for the month. It says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority on heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them, frying them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. There was two words in that that really stuck out to me. And one was make disciples and baptize them. A disciple is, is, is literally just a student or a pupil. So this scripture is just saying that we need to be one with Jesus, like the chicken and the oil. We need to be one with Jesus in baptism. We're not two separate things, we're one. And as we are one with him, what's our job now? To go and make disciples, go and make students of Jesus Christ. Does that make sense? So we become one with him, and then we go and help others to do the same thing and to go and learn from him. You see, our job as uh, people who are baptized into Christ is to go and make disciples, and this is the life that Jesus calls us to. The thing, though, about being baptized and being a disciple of Jesus Christ is that it's an all or nothing thing. Like with the chicken, like you're either fried or you're not. And Jesus makes this so clear in many different scriptures. I'll share one with you. It's sometimes hard to swallow, but it's in Revelation 3, 15 to 16. It says, I know all the things you do, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish you were one or the other. But since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. And we go, oh, that's a bit harsh. But it's the nature of Jesus. Who, who here likes medium rare chicken? You see my point? You're either in or you're out. You eat half fried chicken and you're going to get sick. 
And it's honestly the same thing with our walk with Jesus Christ. If we have one foot in and one foot out, if we're half baptized and we're not all in, all it does is damage us and all it does is damage other people. Why? Because when we're in that place, we're hypocritical. I remember when I was a teenage boy, someone would be like, yeah, are you a Christian? I'd be like, yeah, sure, I go to church. But then nothing in my life represented that. And all it did was cause harm to the name of Jesus. Why? Because I would profess Jesus Christ, but then I'd be paying out on people. And all the other areas of my life would be shattered. And all that does is creates a picture in other people's hearts of what Jesus is like. And so for us as Christians, when you're baptized into Jesus Christ, the disciple of him, you're either hot or you're cold. You're either not fried or you're fried. And that's what he's saying here. If you're going to be baptized into Jesus, a disciple of him, you have to be all in or nothing. And my friends, as you're all in, fried chicken is so much better than raw. Way better. I don't want to eat raw chicken. But I'm telling you, like, if, if you will embrace that, like once the moment that I went all in for Jesus, the moment I said, I'm not going to be lukewarm anymore, I'm going to be hot, everything changed. Everything changed. And that same uh, opportunity for you to go all in will be available at, at the end of the service. We're going to pray. The thing that I wanted to point out as well is that Jesus isn't a hypocrite. He doesn't ask us to do anything that he wouldn't do. See, if Jesus is asking us to be all in, it's because he did that first for us. I want to read some scriptures with you guys. In Isaiah 55 to 7, it says, The sovereign Lord, this is speaking of Jesus, has spo- uh, the sovereign Lord has spoken to me, and I have listened. I have not rebelled or turned away, but I offered my back to those who beat me, and my cheeks to those who pulled out my beard. I did not hide my face from mockery or spitting, because the sovereign Lord helps me. I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a stone determined to do his will, and I know that I will not be put to shame. It says, I set my face like stone to do his will. See, Jesus went all in for us. He didn't half do it. It says that the Bible, there's all these prophecies in the Old Covenant, the Old Testament. It says that Jesus fulfilled every single one of them. He didn't half do anything. And the thing is, he asks us to do the same in Philippians 2, 5 to 8. It says, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had, all or nothing. Though he was God, he did not consider, um, he, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Says that we need to have the same attitude that Jesus had to be all in or nothing. See, Jesus was so committed that he was willing to step out of a perfect heaven where there is no sickness, no, no sin, nothing imperfect, where he has millions of angels singing holy to him. And he comes down and he puts himself in the most vulnerable position one could ever be in, in the womb of a woman, where for nine months he lived. And then he came and he grew up as a human. And instead of having millions of angels worship him, he had hundreds of thousands of people call him names. It says he was beaten in the face. We just read a scripture. His beard was pulled out. You see, he stepped out of that and into this because he wants us and he's all in for you and I. And that's what it means to be baptized into Jesus. It's like we don't live our lives for us anymore. Jesus didn't live his life for him. It said he set his face to do the, the will of God. He did his father's will. And that's what he's asking us to do this, the same today. The thing that I want to point out, particularly in this uh, series or this message today, is that if we are all in for Jesus, 
There's many things that that means, but one of them is that we are all in for his church. You can't separate the two. I'm going to read a passage of scripture in a moment that paints a picture of Jesus being the head of the body. No one here loves someone's head but hates their body. That makes no sense, right? It's pretty obvious. But um, that's literally what it means to love Jesus. We can't separate him from his church. You guys are going to have to concentrate. We're going to read a big passage, but I love the Bible, so I can't help it. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 12 to 27. The human body has many parts, but many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. So it is with us. Some of us are Jews, Gentiles, slaves, free, but we have all been baptized, fried into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one. Here we go. If the foot says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not a hand, does that make it less a part of the body? No. If the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that mean it has any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would we hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how would we smell anything? But our body parts have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if we had only one part. Fair to say, right? For all just one big toe. Yes, there are many body parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can never say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some body parts that seem the weakest and the least are actually the most important and necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those that should not be seen. While the more honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the whole body together that extra honor and extra care be given to the parts with least dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all members care for each other. If one part suffers, all parts suffer with it. And if one part is honoured, all parts are glad. All, all of you together are Christ's body and each one of you is part of it. Amen? There's a lot to digest, but all of that to say that we're one body. So if you're all in for Jesus, baptised into him, a disciple of Jesus Christ, you are a part of his body. And being a part of his body means that you have to function as a body. It's one of the reasons we come to church is because we are a body of Jesus Christ. And I've heard people say, oh, brother, I'm just following Jesus, but I don't need to come to church on a Sunday. I don't need to go to a group. I don't need to serve. And I'm like, that's fine. But have you seen what happens to a toe when it's cut off? It goes black, rots, smells bad, doesn't function anymore. Eventually, you can't even reattach it. And that's the same thing with us in our Christian walk. We need to be attached to the body of Jesus Christ. It's the, the function of groups, the function of being church. You think about the role of, let's say, a big toe. I don't know why I'm talking about toes. I promise I don't have some weird foot fetish. Um, <laughs> help me, Jesus. Yeah, Fried chicken and toes. It's your takeaway of today. But um, a, big, a big toe. I need it to balance. I'd be walking all wonky today if I didn't have a big toe. And it would take me a long time to walk without it. But the thing is, the toe also needs the body. Our, our muscles need nerve supply. It needs a blood supply. Without it, no nerve supply. You can't feel it. You'd probably knock it on something and not even notice that it had come off. Uh, same thing with like blood supply. Eventually, the toe just becomes necrotic and dies. In other words, the toe needs the body and the body needs the toe. There's no member of the, of the body of Christ that's not needed. You in here today have a role in the body. 
You have a purpose. There is a group that needs you. The thing is, we think about, oh, I might go to a group because it serves me. That's true. But there are people in a group that need you, that need you. Otherwise, they, they don't walk properly. Otherwise, they don't function properly. Maybe you're the eye of that group and they don't see. All of us are needed in the body of Christ. Amen? Everyone is needed. I love this, this uh, verse as well in 1 Corinthians 2, 12, 22. It's one, something we just read. It says, in fact, some of the body parts that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. I really felt that there were some people in here today that you feel like that. You see, we sometimes can look at someone preaching or maybe the worship team and be like, man, they're doing so much for God. But the truth is I'm not doing any more for God than someone serving coffee to you in the morning, than someone holding the sign at the front. We all have a part in the body of Christ, whether it's seen or not seen. I think about there's a little thing called a pituitary gland, right smack bang in the center of your brain. It sits in a little uh, bone cup called a celica tersica, I'm pretty sure it's called. But it's this little, little thing, and there's a little piece of skull wrapping around it, and it sits neatly in there. The reason it's so protected is because it's so important, but none of us will ever see that part, ever. And the thing is, if that thing died, we would die. And if that thing packed up and said, what's the point of me doing my job? No one ever sees me. I'm not like the hand where everyone can see what the hand does. I'm not like the face and no one gets happy because I smile. I'm, I'm done. I'm going to quit my job. See, if they did that, the whole body dies. And the thing is, some of us in here are pituitary glands. And you have a job that no, may, someone may never see. But the thing is, the weight of your job doesn't matter whether you're seen or unseen. And the thing is, there is people in groups on Sundays here at church that need you. And I just want to encourage you today that if you're one of those people and you feel like no one ever sees me, no one ever knows or sees what I do for God, the truth is you're the reason that the body still functions. And we need you. I need you as a body of Jesus Christ. And the truth is that when you get to heaven one day, you're not going to be standing with everyone else. You're going to be standing with one, and his name is Jesus. And he's going to say, good and faithful job, good and faithful servant. You've done what I asked you to do. And that's what it's all about, really. At the end of the day, the only reason I'm standing here today is because Jesus asked me to. And if he asked me to do something else, I do something else. But as one body with one head, Jesus Christ, it's how we function. Amen. Let's read some more scripture. It's something that I love to do. Um, who here loves their Bible? Amen. I always say this. You've got to be in your, you got to be in your Bible. None of us want to invent a fake Jesus, make up their own. You hear so many um, shady things. That's another thing about the body, actually, is that we need each other. I love the verse that says, uh, we, always, we always quote the part where it says, uh, remove the plank from your eye and be like, brother, don't tell me how to live. You've got a plank in your eye. And true, I, like I have planks in my eye that I need to take out. But then it goes on to say, then you can help your brother remove the speck. And that's, that's one of the reasons that we come to church and that's one of the reasons that we should all be in a group because there's work that we do in our own secret place with Jesus Christ, removing planks. But sometimes there's specks, those little irritating things that we can't get out ourselves. Those little habits that we might not see. I don't know how many times in a, in a group or in a church setting, Pastor John, whoever has come up and just gracefully, you know the old sandwich, did anyone uh, have an, a, a coach do the sandwich effect? It's like you're doing real, this really well, Maybe you could work on this, but you're doing this really well. Like, you know, you put the meat in the middle. I've had so many people do that, and it's been such a blessing. 
Because sometimes there is areas of my own life that I can't see little specks. And we need the body. Like if there's a speck in your eye, your eye can't remove it itself. Maybe it can blink it out with some tears, but ultimately you need something to pull it out. And, and really that's the power of coming to church, the power of meeting in groups, is that sometimes we have things in our life that we need others to help remove, others to help point out. And the other thing that I want to mention is we need to have the humility as a body of Jesus Christ to receive that. There has been things that people have told me, oh, look, I just see this that you could do better. And you do get that little thing like, who are you to tell me kind of thing? But then you walk away and you go, thank you, Jesus. That that person loved me enough to be bold enough to tell me something that I needed to fix in my life. And so I want to be someone and I want us to be people that welcome someone pulling a speck out of our eye are humble enough to say, hey, I know I don't have it all together, but I know that I can help you and you can help me. And that's why we need to do Christianity as a body of Jesus Christ. We're going to read from Ephesians. I really feel like Paul wrote both Corinthians and Ephesians, and I feel like he had such an amazing revelation of what it means to be a body. It says in verse 11, chapter 4, Now these gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers, I honestly don't believe this is an exhaustive list, but Paul's just naming some. Then it says their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work, to build up the church, the body of Christ. Who are the gifts that you have for? Not a really a trick question. They're not for ourselves. The gifts that we're given by God, my gift to speak is not for me. My gift to speak is for the body. Your gift of hospitality is for the body. Your gift of encouragement is for the body. Your gift of teaching, preaching, all of those gifts you have, Sam Rogers' gifts to somehow make a billion cables function into all of this is a gift from God. There's no, there, we'd have nothing in here if that was me doing that. Like, let's be, let's be truthful. If I can plug a DVD player in, I'm like, we're winning. But, but there is gifts that you have that the body of Christ needs that it cannot function properly without. And the thing is, I don't want to be someone who gets to heaven and God goes, I gave you all these gifts. And you go, oh, that's what they were for. Whoops. Like I have enough fear of the Lord in me to be like, all right, God, even if I don't like public speaking, if you've given me a gift to preach, I need to use it. Because I don't want to stand before you one day and God go, what did you do with the gift I gave you? And I stop and go, oh, well, Jesus, sorry, I, had, I was scared of people. I didn't want to talk in front of them. He gives you the grace to do what you need to do. Amen. It goes on to say in verse 13, this will continue, equipping the church responsibilities, this will continue until we've all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of, Christ, of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Does anyone think we're there yet? Definitely don't. Full and complete standard of Christ is perfect. Verse 14, it says, then we will no longer be immature like children, tossed and blown about in every wind of new teaching will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. One thing I want to point out there is that working as a body helps us to not be deceived. The devil's primary tactic is deception. It's to get you to believe something that's not true. And I've had so many moments in connect groups where I've come in and be like, oh, do you think this? And I ask a question and someone so gracefully and humbly gives me an answer from the Bible that just slightly redirects my thinking. 
You see, truth is one-dimensional. It's, it's straight. It's narrow. And sometimes our Christian walk, we kind of go like this. We're like, oh, God's grace means I can do whatever I want. Nope. It's back this way. Oh, I don't want to be legalistic. But really, it's right in the middle. And the thing is, the power of connect groups and having other people speak into your world is that they help you and encourage you in what truth means. I need people to teach me the Bible. And I need to teach other people the Bible. And that's why we come together in connect groups and we share the word of God, because it helps us to not be deceived, to not, like it says here, be washed to and fro from teaching to teaching. You hear some weird opinion on YouTube and then you're like, oh, that's truth. Then you read your Bible and you're like, hang on, not true. And that's why we need each other, to keep each other from deception. In verse 15, it says, instead, instead of being deceived, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church speaking the truth in love. This is a really good point. The one thing we don't want to be is severe and harsh. If you just give all truth and there's no love behind it, who's had someone do that? There's got to be a few, surely, where I I know I've had that. Someone's like, you're doing this wrong, but there's no love in their heart, and all it does is make you want to rebel. But then if we're all love with no truth, we overlook things that we shouldn't. And so as a body of Christ, we need to speak the truth in love. That's getting up and having the the audacity to say, because I love you, I just see this in your life and I really think that what God's saying to you is, is this. And the thing is, like I said before, we need to have soft enough hearts, no pride, humility to be able to receive someone speaking to, to us with truth and love. Pastor John is the most amazing at this. He's ruthless with feedback to himself. I've seen Pastor Phil come in here and Pastor John Grant, and he's like, you're not leaving until you tell me three things that I can change. That's someone hungry for change. That's someone hungry to have truth spoken in love to them. And as a church after Christ and as a church following along behind Pastor John and Dan, we need to be the same. We need to be people who are open to have someone speak the truth in love to us and also to do the same to have courage enough to say when you see your brother or your sister, your, your, your fellow person following Christ starting to go off on the wrong path, just saying, hey, because I love you, I really feel like that the end result of the path that you're walking down is this, and I don't want that for you. So would you come alongside me and let's walk this way? And that's what the Christian walk is about. Jesus just simply says, follow me. And so as members of his body, we come together and we just follow him together. And that's what it means to speak the truth in love to each other. Goes on in verse 16 to says, He makes the whole body fit perfectly together. As each, party does it, as each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts of the body to grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Who wants to be a body healthy, growing and full of love? Come on, I do. And that's what it takes to be that. The head is Christ. The thing that unites us is Jesus. And as we love him together, and as we do these things, as we help each other, we grow in health, right? We grow as a a healthy body in one direction, doing amazing things together. What does that look like to to be part of the body? This is just getting really practical. It looks like meeting on a Sunday. You guys have already done one thing eh, that, that, that helps you to grow as part of the body. It looks like serving in teams coming alongside people, using the gifts that God's given you. It looks like going to to groups through the week. That's not just something that we put on because we think it would be a good idea. 
We have groups in church because, like I said, there's things that God has given you for other people. Some of those we do on a Sunday, but others we do through the week. And the thing is, who knows that a body doesn't just, your body doesn't just come together on a Sunday and then all of a sudden every, all your body parts just separate and go in opposite directions through the week. Like, what the heck? It makes no sense. It's the same for us. We're part of Christ's body seven days a week, 24-7. What that looks like is not just groups, but meeting together with people for coffee in church, encouraging one another, having people over for dinner, sacred hospitality, we call it in here, having people over for a meal, coming together. Maybe for you it's doing Bible college this year. I think it opens soon. I'm not sure the date, but next week, Tuesday. This Tuesday. There you go. Maybe it's doing Bible college. Maybe it's doing an internship. Maybe it's joining a team if you've never done that. I don't know what it is for you, but I, we're going to pray at the end, and I feel like God's going to speak to some people about what you need to do to become a healthy body part. I really felt like for a while I was the same. I was like a finger just hanging on by a bit of bone. The rest of me was kind of not here. We need to get reattached. We need to start to function as a body and as a whole. Whatever it is, we need to do it. I think about a perfect example of this was the uh, beautiful Terry Hines Connect group. Who's in Terry's Connect group? You can... You guys are such a blessing to our church, eh? We, um, without telling anyone, we were going through a pretty tight financial time at the end of last year and hadn't told anyone, just trusting Jesus. And um, these beautiful women were functioning as a healthy body part in our church and with no one knowing, brought us just this massive box of food and groceries and all these things. And it was just such a blessing to know that Jesus had spoken to them and they did what he asked them to do. And that's what it looks like to be a healthy body part. Maybe you're a hand and someone down here needs help. There's an itch down here that needs to be scratched. There's something that needs to be done. But that's the the power of us as a church, that we have beautiful people like this that want to help each other. Let's put our hand together for that connect group. Come on. There's so many reasons that we need to come together, hey? The, the word is just so clear about this, that all those things that I've discussed, that we encourage each other here at church. We build each other up. Through the week, we're supporting each other. We're loving people practically. All of those things help us. And I really believe, honestly, this year, I feel like the one thing that unites us is Christ. There will be moments in church where someone does something to tick you off, where someone does something to annoy you, where you feel like the rest of the body is going good, but whoever's the knee is just causing you grief, whatever it is. But the thing is, the thing that unites us is Christ the head. And all the time I remind myself, Jesus, they're part of your body, which means I'm joined to them, which means I'm going to love them. I'm going to show them grace. I'm going to forgive quickly. I'm going to go low. I'm going to overlook an offense. I'm going to just keep moving forward as a body. And I feel like this year, as we become united in Christ, this nothing stops. Unity is the one thing that makes something move forward so quickly. And I feel like us as a church, as we just take up the seed of humility and as we're willing to serve one another, love one another, not just join connect groups because we feel like it's something that we should do, but because we know we should be there to help other people and support other people. As we do these things, I firmly believe that we are going to grow and be healthy and going to see so much transformation in our lives and the community as a whole. Amen. We've just got a few more minutes. I just want to Pray with us, maybe. Oh, look at Rod Ewart. He's prophetic, you know. He's going to ask for the keys and poof, he's just, did you just appear there? Maybe God did an Ezekiel and just upped him from his chair and dropped him in there. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you've got to read your Bible. Ah. 
Uh, yeah, let's just close our eyes for a second. Jesus, we are so in love with you. The whole reason we're here today as a body is because we're united to you, the head. And Jesus, I know that you've given each of us gifts, each of us talents. Whether you've given us one or three or five, it doesn't matter. You just ask us to be faithful with it, to multiply it. And Father, today I pray that if there's people in this room that are just like, what's my thing? What's my gift? What are you asking me to do? Jesus, I pray right now, speak. I pray right now, make it known to them. If you're asking them to be joined to a, to a group, if you're asking them to serve on a team, maybe you're asking them to regularly take people out for coffee, to check in on people. Maybe right now you're encouraging someone to call someone every day. Whatever it is, Jesus, I just pray you would make it so clear in our hearts. Speak to us, Holy Spirit. And Lord, I pray that you would give us the revelation, the strength, the courage to follow through with what you ask us to do. That this wouldn't be something that we just go, yes, Lord, on a Sunday and we forget about it. Father, I pray that we would go all in. Oh, Lord, I pray that you would fry us for life, never the same again. I pray, Holy Spirit, right now that those that feel like they've been detached, those that feel like they've been slowly dying, Father, I pray right now in Jesus' name, healing to come, that they would feel reattached, that they'd feel the flow of life come back into them, the Lord, they'd feel strength come back into them. Father, I speak to the ones right now that feel like they're not seen, they're not heard, they've been hidden in the dark. The truth is, Lord, you have a place of special honor for them, that they are, Lord Jesus, so needed in our church. Father, I pray right now that you would give them a revelation that they are so needed in the body of Christ. Father, I pray that you would speak with them now, encourage them, strengthen them to know that the gift that they have is not something that's unseen by you, but you see every heart in this place today in Jesus' name. And Lord, we just pray that you would have your way in us, that this year we would be a healthy body, a strong body built up in you. In your precious name we pray, amen, amen.